Welcome to the Pursuit of Health podcast, where we challenge long-standing assumptions, beliefs, and attitudes about what it means to be healthy by exploring new points of view, research, and concepts about health. In other words, all the hot topics that everyone's talking and asking about. I'm your host, Doug Cook. In this podcast, I want to encourage you, the listener, to think differently about your own health and health pursuits and to keep an open mind as we explore diverse perspectives and topics, new evidence and strategies by connecting with thought leaders who are pushing the boundaries in the health sciences. Chances are you've never heard of astaxanthin, and that's okay. It certainly hasn't had the popularity of other compounds such as lycopene, alpha and beta carotene, lutein and zeaxanthine, or the ever-touted polyphenols. But like other superstar nutrients that come from the ocean, such as omega-3 fats, astaxanthin is one you'll want to learn more about. In this podcast, I will cover it all for you, what astaxanthin is, where it's found in food, and if there's any health-promoting or therapeutic roles for astaxanthin supplements, and if so, what does the evidence say? But we'll get to that in a moment. But before we do, I want to highlight one particular brand of astaxanthin that stands out from the rest, and that brand is BioAstin. In this particular example, I am not affiliated with them like I am with other products I stand by, but regardless, BioAstin is worth mentioning, and it happens to be the brand that I use. What is BioAstin? BioAstin is a brand of astaxanthin that is grown in Kona, Hawaii by the company Nutrix Hawaii. All of their microalgae are grown on a 90-acre farm located on the Kona coast of Hawaii Island. There are two types of astaxanthin, natural and synthetic. As a rule of thumb, when it comes to nutrients, there's no difference. Ascorbic acid in oranges is the same that's derived from glucose in a lab. Both are chemically identical. And both work the same. It's not a matter of opinion, but a matter of fact. There are a few exceptions, such as vitamin E, beta carotene, and astaxanthin, for example. But like a lot of things, when it comes to production on a large scale, producing astaxanthin in large quantities can be challenging. To help address this, synthetic versions were introduced into the market. These synthetic versions of astaxanthin are sometimes labeled as nature identical or nature equivalent. However, there are many important molecular differences between natural algae-derived astaxanthin and artificial versions produced by chemical synthesis from petrochemicals, just as there are between natural and synthetic vitamin E. Suffice it to say that natural astaxanthin is considered more potent and effective. Bioastin only uses natural astaxanthin. So what is astaxanthin? It's a carotenoid, specifically a xanthophyll, which only means it's an oxygen-containing carotenoid. Like its carotenoid siblings, astaxanthin imparts a unique color to the foods it's found in. Just like alpha and beta carotene impart an orange color to carrots, pumpkin, peaches, apricots, mango, and cantaloupes, or how lycopene makes tomatoes and watermelon red, Astaxanthin is responsible for the orange, red, and pink color of salmon and shrimp. On a side note, a fun fact is that there are over 1,100 documented carotenoids in nature, 
but only about 40 or 50 are found in the human diet, and of those, only a handful are ultimately absorbed by the digestive tract and make their way into your body. Astaxanthin is produced naturally in the freshwater microalgae Hematococcus pulvialis. Although the algae is green in color, it produces a vibrant, distinctive, deep orange-red pigment in response to environmental stressors, providing protection to the algae's vital structures. As mentioned, astaxanthin can be produced on an industrial scale or derived from shrimp and krill, but algae-derived is most commonly used. Due to its unique structure, astaxanthin has properties that many other carotenoids don't, making it a standout in the antioxidant and anti-inflammatory world. So what foods have astaxanthin? Animals who feed on the algae will have astaxanthin as a pigment accumulate in their bodies, and their flesh subsequently reflects the orange-red pinkish pigmentation to varying degrees. Foods rich in astaxanthin include salmon, red trout, red sea bream, and crustaceans such as lobster, krill, crayfish, crab, and shrimp. Of course, humans don't eat flamingos as food, but flamingos get their distinctive color from eating astaxanthin-rich algae and crustaceans. By far, salmon is the best source of astaxanthin. A 100 gram or 3.5 ounce serving of sockeye salmon provides about 3 to 4 milligrams of astaxanthin. How does astaxanthin work? Well, without going into too much biochemistry, astaxanthin is structurally very, very similar to other well-known carotenoids such as beta-carotene, lutein, and zeaxanthine. What's different about astaxanthin is that both ends of the astaxanthin molecule have extra atoms in its structure that the others don't, including both an oxygen and a hydroxyl group. This slight difference gives astaxanthin properties that other carotenoids don't have. The end structures are described as being polar hydrophilic, meaning they like to orient and anchor themselves in the fatty part of your cell membranes. With each hydrophilic end secured on each side of the membrane, the long center structure of the astaxanthin molecule spans the membrane's entire width. Most other well-known antioxidants cannot do this. They tend to drift around within the membrane walls. Because of this, it protects both the outer and inner sides of the cell membrane, as well as protecting the space in between them. Due to its unique structure, astaxanthin is more potent as an antioxidant than beta-carotene, lutein, zeaxanthine, and lycopene are. Given that vitamin C, or ascorbic acid, is in the watery parts of your body, it can interact with the terminal ends of astaxanthin inside the inner part of the cell, also known as the cytoplasm, and vitamin C can also interact with the terminal ends of astaxanthin on the outer part of the cell membrane that interacts with the blood throughout the circulatory system. In this way, vitamin C can regenerate astaxanthin's end structures after they've been oxidized, a term known as recycling. This allows astaxanthin to be recharged in a sense, so it can continue to carry out its antioxidant activity. So how does astaxanthin compare to other antioxidants? When compared to other antioxidants, astaxanthin is quite effective. It's often referred to as the king of carotenoids because of its reputation as one of the most powerful antioxidants found in nature. 
Common antioxidant vitamins such as vitamin C and E or compounds such as coenzyme Q10, alpha-lipoic acid and the carotenoids lutein, zeaxanthine, mesozeaxanthine, and lycopene have far less relative antioxidant power than astaxanthin does in the context of human physiology. What are the health benefits of astaxanthin? Your body cannot produce astaxanthin on its own as it does with other antioxidants such as glutathione peroxidase, superoxide dismutase, catalases, etc. It must come from food or a supplement. Astaxanthin has a lot of promise with several studies supporting the following evidence-based benefits. How might astaxanthin help with insulin resistance and diabetes? A hallmark of both insulin resistance, or prediabetes and diabetes, is inflammation and excessive oxidative stress. It's thought that hyperglycemia, in other words, chronically elevated blood sugar, induces inflammation which further destroys the pancreas's beta cells and beta cell function, the very cells that produce insulin, one of the reasons for the so-called progressive nature of metabolic disease. A mouse model found that astaxanthin was able to preserve beta cells' ability to secrete insulin so that blood sugar was better controlled. This suggests that astaxanthin may be potentially useful for reducing glucose toxicity. For those with diabetes, a 2018 study demonstrated astaxanthin's ability to lower high blood pressure and improve glucose metabolism in patients with type 2 diabetes. But is there any role in cardiovascular health? Studies show a potential role for astaxanthin in addressing many of the risk factors associated with poor cardiovascular health, including heart disease. In a randomized, double-blind, placebo-controlled trial in a group of obese individuals, those who took astaxanthin for 12 weeks saw improvements in their LDL cholesterol levels. Other important markers of oxidative stress were also improved. In another study comparing a placebo to either 10, 12, or 18 milligrams of astaxanthin per day for 12 weeks in non-obese patients without diabetes or who did not have high blood pressure, astaxanthin was shown to improve several metrics related to overall cardiovascular disease. At the higher doses of 12 and 18 milligrams today, significant reductions in triglycerides, another independent risk factor that increases cardiovascular risk, was observed with the same dose serum adiponectin increased. The improvement of adiponectin correlated positively with changes in HDL cholesterol, independent of age and BMI. 6 to 12 milligrams doses significantly increase cholesterol, also known as the so-called good cholesterol, which is able to lower the risk for cardiovascular disease. In a rat model, astaxanthin was shown to enhance blood flow and circulation in hypertensive animals, providing proof of concept that it might help to regulate blood pressure and support arterial wall health. In a 14-day study of supplementation, lower indicators of oxidation were seen in LDL cholesterol, which is a pivotal first step in atherosclerosis. When LDL cholesterol is oxidized, it becomes damaged, and it damages the blood vessel walls, leading to inflammation. An oxidized LDL cholesterol is perceived as a threat by the body, which sends a type of white blood cell called a macrophage to attack what it sees as an invader. 
The macrophage engulfs the damaged LDL in an attempt to sequester it out of the circulation, which then creates foam cells within the blood vessel wall. These ultimately are what leads to the development of plaque. So specifically where LDL cholesterol is concerned, are there any benefits? LDL cholesterol isn't bad per se, it is a neutral fat or lipid, but if levels get too high for too long, there's a greater chance of it becoming oxidized, as I mentioned. In this sense, having LDL levels within a normal range is an ideal first step, as having higher amounts of cholesterol in circulation over the years just means there's a greater opportunity that those molecules can be oxidized. In a randomized, double-blind study of subjects with clinically elevated LDL cholesterol, astaxanthin at doses between 6 and 18 mg per day reduced LDL concentration while increasing HDL, ultimately improving the ratio of these two limits, which is considered a way to lower the risk for cardiovascular disease. These results suggest that supplementary astaxanthin has positive effects, by improving LDL cholesterol, as well as improving LDL cholesterol oxidative stress biomarkers. But there's other things to consider. What about hypertension, also known as high blood pressure? High blood pressure is ultimately due to increased resistance of blood flow in your blood vessels, arteries, capillaries, and veins. This can be due to a narrowing of the blood vessels, a consequence of plaque formation or buildup within the wall of the blood vessels or because the blood vessels don't expand and re relax as healthier blood vessels do. Astaxanthin can help reduce plaque formation by protecting LDL from oxidation and quelling the subsequent inflammation. It also helps by increasing the production of nitric oxide, a gas that blood vessels produce to expand and relax, leading to better blood flow. And where immunity is concerned, is there a role for astaxanthin? As a consequence of your immune system's role in preventing and fighting disease and inflammation, it's a normal part of your immune system's defense, but too much inflammation can inhibit immunity itself. As an antioxidant, astaxanthin can help to temper inflammation and in turn inflammation's potential negative impact on your immune response. Both animal and human studies have shown how astaxanthin is able to decrease oxidative stress measured by changes to DNA structure, in this case preventing DNA damage, and it's been shown to improve the immune response and support lymph glands to produce more white blood cells, specifically lymphocytes. An interesting 2012 study examined the role of astaxanthin pretreatment on ulcer prevention. Researchers gave mice astaxanthin before experimentally inducing a gastric ulcer. There was a significant decline in the number of ulcers in the treated mice, as well as a reduction in the amounts of H. pylori, the bacteria that can cause ulcers, in the stomach. If this pans out further with more research, astaxanthin may be an adjunct treatment along with triple antibiotic therapy to eradicate ulcers. And what about skin health? This is where astaxanthin really stands out. One of the better known benefits of astaxanthin is its ability to improve skin health and appearance. One study looking at both topical and oral astaxanthin administration saw reduced wrinkles, age spots, and improved elasticity, moisture, and texture. 
Supplementing with both astaxanthin and collagen has been shown to improve skin elasticity while preventing collagen breakdown in response to UV radiation. In another trial, astaxanthin supplements reduced skin redness and UV-related moisture loss while improving texture. It may even help to reduce the risk of skin cancer. But there's more. What about non-alcoholic fatty liver disease? Non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, also known as NAFLD, is one of the most common types of liver conditions leading to liver damage and, over time, liver failure. It's estimated that about 60% of overweight people have fatty liver disease, and this increases to about 90% in those who are obese. NAFLD is associated with a low intake of choline and low endogenous production of carnitine, as well as metabolic disorders such as prediabetes and diabetes resulting in fat accumulation, liver inflammation, scarring or fibrosis, and then, when there's about two-thirds irreversible liver damage, NAFLD has progressed to cirrhosis. There are two main ways astaxanthin can help prevent or treat fatty liver disease. Firstly, it acts as an antioxidant, which reduces oxidative stress in the liver and the collateral damage that accompanies it. By doing so, astaxanthin helps restore normal liver function and avoid liver damage. Secondly, astaxanthin can protect and help to restore liver function as demonstrated in a 2016 study. It's been shown to reduce fatty liver accumulation or stenosis as well as support liver health at the genetic level by turning on the genes that are responsible for the body's own antioxidant-producing capabilities. In a mouse model, astaxanthin positively regulated gut bacteria which, via the gut-liver access, protected the rodents against fatty liver as well. Next up is physical performance. Exercise and or physical activity is metabolically demanding. It requires the production and use of huge amounts of energy. Exercise increases the number of free radicals, increases the need for oxygen, results in the production of lactic acid, and increased stress hormones. Naturally, it's been asked whether antioxidants like astaxanthin might help address the increase in fatigue and muscle soreness before and after exercise. Studies have looked at the impact of astaxanthin on endurance, stamina, and fatigue levels during and after intense exercise. The results are mixed and somewhat preliminary. In animal models, astaxanthin has been shown to encourage the use of fat as fuel, thereby increasing endurance while reducing muscle damage. A human study found a slight improvement in endurance and stamina, but didn't reduce muscle damage. A small study of 24 cyclists saw improved power output and performance in time trials with astaxanthin supplementation. In one group of soccer players, astaxanthin improved the antioxidant status of team members and there was reduced muscle damage post-training in a second group. However, this effect was not reproduced in two other studies of well-trained cyclists. Perhaps it only supports exercise adaptation and reduces exercise-related muscle damage in the early stages of training. In other words, astaxanthin might help those new to training and exercise until the body's own antioxidant and metabolic adaptations occur. Next up is brain health. How does astaxanthin help with dementia? Cognitive decline or dysfunction is a multifactorial process, but increased inflammation and oxidation, along with a decreased ability to use glucose as fuel, are central to this brain pathology. 
Supplemental astaxanthin was able to reduce mental fatigue and improve cognitive function in two clinical trials. Improvements in psychomotor and processing speed, comprehension, and task performance speed were observed. Patients with dementia tend to accumulate damaged fats in their red blood cells. By improving the antioxidant status of red blood cells, a small study of 30 middle-aged and elderly people showed that both 6 and 12 mg per day doses of astaxanthin prevented the buildup of these damaged fats, which may contribute to the prevention of dementia. As far as Parkinson's disease is concerned, very preliminary hypothesis suggests that astaxanthin's antioxidants and anti-inflammatory properties may support pathologies seen in Parkinson's, such as increased neuroinflammation and a decline in the energy units or mitochondrial of the cells affected by the disease. By acting as an immunomodulator, astaxanthin may provide protection to the nerves in the substantia nigra pars compacta. What about male fertility? As the saying goes, it takes two to tango, and men's sperm health plays a big role in reproduction. There are many causes of male infertility, but like all cells of the body, sperm cells are also sensitive to poor diet quality, stress, and oxidative stress. Not surprisingly, fertility experts have been actively studying antioxidants' impact on sperm oxidative stress, sperm quality, and male infertility. Q-astaxanthin. In a three-month period, 30 men diagnosed with male infertility were treated with astaxanthin, and over time, there were improvements in several measures of sperm quality. The benefits included reduced death of sperm, overall improvement in sperm vitality and fertility, as well as increased sperm count. Another study from 2013 found benefits results with astaxanthin supplementation, including improved, quote, human sperm capacitation. In this process of capacitation, sperm undergoes a series of biochemical and physiological changes. Freshly ejaculated sperm have yet to acquire motility or fertilization ability. In other words, astaxanthin has been shown to turn sperm into competent swimmers and fertilizers. There's been a lot of interest of astaxanthin with respect to joint pain and arthritis. Arthrosis, also known as osteoarthritis or the rubbing of two bones due to cartilage breakdown, and arthritis, generally speaking joint inflammation, are painful and rife with inflammation. Most antioxidants and anti-inflammatory nutrients such as turmeric and omega-3s have been studied. Research on astaxanthin, while theoretically promising in helping arthritis, is inconclusive and scant. A study looking at the effects of astaxanthin on carpal tunnel-related joint pain found no evidence to support a benefit. When it comes to eye health, astaxanthin makes good sense, however. Asthenopia, or eye fatigue, is an ophthalmological condition with nonspecific symptoms such as eye pain, eye strain, blurred vision, headache, and shoulder stiffness. Eye fatigue is usually caused by straining the ciliary body, the eye muscle responsible for accommodating demands put on the eye itself. Symptoms often occur after reading, computer work, or other activities that involve visual display terminals. However, there's no effective treatment to date. Luckily, there are several studies examining astaxanthin's role in treating this eye fatigue. 
For example, a randomized double-blind placebo-controlled study using visual display terminal workers, 25 treated versus 23 in the placebo, found that 6 milligrams per day of astaxanthin supplementation for four weeks significantly improved eye fatigue, measuring ocular accommodation by the objective instrument and subjective individual assessment. So how much astaxanthin should we take? Most studies found a benefit at doses in the 4 to 12 milligram per day range. At this point, there's no consensus on the ideal dose, but astaxanthin does accumulate in the blood and tissue over time, as do other nutrients like vitamin D3, A, omega-3 fats, beta-carotene, and more. This isn't to imply toxicity, but rather some have suggested that over time, lower doses of 2 to 4 will confer health benefits. For those with acute or active chronic issues, some manufacturers recommend 12 milligrams per day for one to two months and then to decrease it to four to eight milligrams per day for maintenance. Doses of up to 20 to 50 milligrams of astaxanthin have been well tolerated, although the exact toxicity and upper limits is still unknown. When should you take astaxanthin? Astaxanthin is a highly fat-soluble substance, which means it's better absorbed when consumed with fat. Unless someone is having bran cereal with skim milk and black coffee for breakfast and a piece of fruit for a snack, most meals contain enough fat to ensure optimal absorption. What about side effects? While there are no known reported issues of toxicity when supplementing with the doses that are considered generally recognized as safe, between four and eight milligrams per day seems to be the safe amount. Those who have exceeded these doses for extended periods of time have reported slight changes in their skin pigment. They start to develop a rosy or orange tint, not unlike what happens when people eat a lot of beta-carotene containing foods, especially carrot juice. So, what's the bottom line? Astaxanthin is a red-pink pigment found in various seafood, most notably salmon, especially sockeye salmon, but also lobster and shrimp. It is structurally similar to beta-carotene, lutein, and zeaxanthin, but has some chemical differences which makes it unique, giving credence to its label, the king of antioxidants. Its superpower lies in its superior antioxidant and anti-inflammatory properties. Astaxanthin has been studied in a variety of health conditions such as heart disease, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, diabetes, arthritis, traumatic brain injury, LDL oxidation, cholesterol levels, dementia, skin health, and even exercise performance. In many of these conditions, astaxanthin seems to reduce markers of oxidative stress and inflammation, though it's still unclear how and to what extent this translates to health benefits. While more research is needed, using a high-quality astaxanthin product like bioastin at doses deemed to be safe may prove to be beneficial in the long run. In the meantime, I for one will continue to take astaxanthin as part of my supplement stack. Until next time, have a great day. Hit subscribe and get ready to expand your nutritional world, your perspective, and gain confidence in a way that you didn't know you could. And be sure to also check out my website, dougcookrd.com.